Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, episode 57. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, or you're in the, in the process maybe of launching your own startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business, so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. As the new year quickly approaches, we hear the annual recommendations for planning our year ahead. Every magazine and every blog, every podcast, they're all running articles and talking about how to plan for 2015. Although, Stating long-term goals and planning for their success is really important. I suggest that planning your week every week will put you closer to your desired target when this time rolls around again next year. So this week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I want to share my seven steps to a more successful work week. This episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneur Architect Foundations, business forms and checklists for small firm architects. Throughout my 20 years in the profession and about 16 as a firm owner, I have learned how to build and run a very successful architecture firm. 
Entrepreneur Architect Foundations is a collection of more than 50 business forms and checklists designed and built specifically for my own firm, Five Cat Studio. And these documents are quite literally the foundation of my success. The mission here at Entrepreneur Architect is to provide inspiration, knowledge, and resources for a successful architecture firm. And what better way to do that than to share my own proven business documents? This collection includes documents from business administration, design development, project management, construction management, sales, and it even has my own proprietary project organizer documents. So whether you're starting a new firm or you've been in business for decades, these documents will help you build a better business. For more information, visit entrearchitect.com foundations. Monday is the most important day of the week. You know, I love Fridays and I love Saturday and Sundays because I get to spend a lot of time with my kids and my wife. But Monday, from a business point of view, Monday is the most important day of the week. What we choose to do on this day each week will set up our remaining days for success or doom us to a week of frustration. So my seven steps for successful work week all happen on Monday. So here are my seven steps to structure your Monday for a successful work week. So let's get into it. Step number one. Step number one for Mondays is no Monday meetings. In order to keep my, my work week productive and manageable, I don't schedule meetings on Monday. This keeps my day open and my time free to properly manage the remaining days of my work week. And I dedicate Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons and Friday mornings. Those days are for meetings. So I actually schedule specific times in my calendar for those meetings and they don't happen on Monday. You know, one of my favorite authors, uh, one of my favorite speakers, it's really the, the, the man who really started me uh, really being inspired about business is Dr. Stephen Covey and his uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People and his book, uh, First Things First. Great books, highly recommend both. You've heard me talk about them before. But he used to share a story about a man working in a forest. And he was very, very busy struggling and struggling to cut down a tree. And he pushed and he pulled and he pushed and he pulled and he pushed and he pulled each, just trying to, to cut down this tree. And each stroke, the saw got more and more difficult to cut. It wouldn't cut the tree. So another man, after watching his friend working so hard, suggested that maybe the blade of the saw was dull and he needed to, to, to be sharpened. And the working man with a look of disdain on his face, responded, sharpen the saw? I don't have time to sharpen the saw. I'm too busy cutting down this tree. Well, you know, you know how that story goes. You know, we need each, each, we need some time, some period of time in our week to sharpen the saw, to take care of the tasks that will make the rest of the week more productive. So if we don't stop to sharpen the saw, we will spend all our time working and making very little progress. We won't be cutting down the tree. We'll just be working. So, you know, I, I, I also listened to, to, to several podcasts. And, and uh, recently I was listening to, to uh, Lewis House on his School of Greatness podcast. And he was interviewing Rory Vaden about his new book, Procrastinating on Purpose. I, it's on my wish list. I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, but they had a really great conversation. And Rory 
was sharing his idea for o, uh, ROTI, which means return on time invested, which is a play on the concept of ROI, which is return on investment, which, which is a financial term used by investors to, uh, to calculate how much money they're going to make down the road on their investment they make today. So ROTI, return on time invested, works the same way, but rather with time rather than money. So what are the things we can do? Which, which tasks uh, are the most valuable in terms of time invested? Which will save, which will save our time later? Which will make us most productive later? So um, what are the things that we can do now to save us time later? That's the idea. And it was a really great discussion between Lewis and Rory. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you uh, so you can listen to that episode. And I recommend that you do. It's a really, it's, it's, Lewis's uh, podcast is a really great podcast. He talks to a lot of different people, uh, generally an interview show, but he really talks about um, life in general and performance and performing at all levels, whether it's health or, or business or just general success. Um, so I highly recommend the, uh, the school of greatness podcast. So, so I, I, will put a link, uh, for that episode. So the first step to a successful work week is no Monday meetings. Okay. Cause we want to be, uh, more productive with the rest of our week. We want to use that time, uh, in the rest of the week to become more productive. We want to sharpen our saw on Monday and we want to, to work on our return on time invested on that Monday, Monday morning or Monday during the day. And so no Monday meetings, find other times to do those Monday meetings. So number two, uh, this is, this is sort of, uh, it might sound a little strange, but it works for me. Um, step two is take 10 minutes of quiet. Take 10 minutes of quiet. You know, before I start my day on Monday, I close the door to my studio and I sit quietly for 10 minutes. I don't surf the net. I don't check my email. I don't respond to Twitter mentions. I just sit quietly. I use this time as a transition between my morning as dad, when I make breakfast for my kids and get them all on the bus on time, and my week ahead as partner in charge of operations at Five Cat Studio. And these are very different responsibilities. And having uh, a private studio in my home makes for a very convenient, uh, convenient commute, but the abrupt change from dad to partner can be really stressful. 10 minutes of uninterrupted quiet lets my mind settle and it allows me to slowly transition into work. You know, before moving to the new studio, I used my morning drive uh, from Chappaqua to Pleasantville, the Pleasantville studio, as my decompression time. I'd stay off the highway, then I'd, I'd take the back roads, and I'd, I'd keep the radio turned off. And this quiet time would clear my mind and prepare me for the chaos that was, that was about to happen at the studio every Monday morning. And so um, now that I don't have that, I sit in my own studio, I come down here and, and I tend intentionally, which is really important. And you have to basically make it part of your routine to stop and just sit quietly. And you know, I, I really love to learn how to meditate and that's probably, that's something on my list, but 
probably when I when I get to that point on my list, that this 10 minutes will be 10 minutes that I can meditate. But until then, just sitting quietly, doing nothing for 10 minutes will do just fine. So step two is take 10 minutes in your, your first thing in the morning if between your craziness at home and your, your soon-to-be craziness at the studio. Take 10 minutes, transition, 10 minutes of quiet. Step two. Step three, scan your email is step three. You know, many personal productivity experts will advise you not to review your email first thing in the morning. And I completely understand the intent behind that, that rule. But, but in reality, even when we know it's not best to do that, it's the first thing we do. So admit it, you do it too, right? I know you do. I do it. I, my, I always say I'm not going to, but my phone's sitting there. And I want to see what's going on. So I hit the email. Uh, what I do do sort of as a side note is I don't have notifications turned on. I have to hit the button to get my email. Notifications are, are terrible for product productivity. So turn off all of your notifications. That's just a side tip. But I find it, it's also important to stay aware of any, you know, potential fires smoldering among our projects and, 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 you know, maybe an urgent message uh, sent by one of our concerned clients can quickly, really quickly ignite into a f- inferno if it's not intent, uh, attended to promptly. So we want to make sure that there's no fires brewing that we can easily put out with a quick response. Uh, and I agree, though, addressing each of the 100 plus emails that I that arrived during uh, the weekend can take up much of my my Monday morning, and that time is much better suited to organizing my week ahead. So rather than completing um, this task first thing in the morning, uh, I'll scan the subjects for potential crises. So I don't check all my email. I just go through it really quickly, try to find any potential crises, and deal with those. And if nothing calls my for my immediate attention, this takes discipline because once you're in there, you want to do the whole thing. The discipline is to just scan. And if there's nothing there, then I move on to the next step. And just another side note, one of my goals for 2015 is to delegate more. And I want to delegate more of the things that I should not be doing. And I'm going to do a whole uh, episode on this uh, in 2015, early 2015, because one of my goals is to uh, delegate more. So stay tuned here and over at the blog, because I'm going to talk about that. And when I figure out how to do that, I'm going to report it to you and I'm going to teach you how to do it as well. Because I think delegation is probably the hardest thing to do as an architect, as a, as a small firm architect. Um, but it, it's, it's probably the most important thing. It's the thing that comes up time and time again at Entrepreneur Architect Academy. When we're talking about all different subjects, delegation keeps popping into the conversation and how hard it is to do that. And the, and the people who are doing that are successfully managing their time and the people who are not are struggling. And so I'm going to delegate more. I'm going to learn how to do that. And I'm going to teach you. But that is a side note. Um, so step three is scan your email. Don't read it. Just scan it. Step four. Step four is perform a weekly review. So the next task on my list is to perform this review. I, I review each project 
and I identify what needs to be completed. Uh, I review deadlines and I understand my priorities for each project. So I go through my project list and I, I, uh, I understand where the deadlines are. I understand where the, what the status is. Um, and then I go through each project and I understand that. And then I'll review my responsibilities as administrator of the firm, as well as my responsibilities at home as, as a dad and a husband. So I, I go through all of my roles and I, I review what needs to be accomplished. And I identify every item that requires my attention during the coming week. And I add them to my task list. list. And I include not only the items for my firm, but, but for my family too. Um, and here at Entrepreneur Architect. So every role is reviewed. So I have a complete understanding of where my time as Mark LePage, no matter what role it is, um, my time can be best invested. And I got a terrific tool for this um, for my weekly review is Nozbe, N-O-Z-B-E. And I use Nozbe to organize all my tasks and easily review them in, a sep in separate contexts. Text. Um, it allows me to, to quickly understand the highest priorities and easily integrates my role, uh, every role that I have in my personal life, in my business life. Um, it, it very easily graphically uh, denotes each uh, uh, role and what needs to be done. And so and I'll have a uh, link to uh, nosby.com in the show notes so you can check that out at the show notes. So number four, step number four is perform a weekly review. Go through all of your projects and understand what needs to be done in this coming week. Step five is schedule project tasks. So with all my my known tasks identified during the last step in my weekly review, I now schedule the top priorities with dates and times. Uh, and Nozbe allows me, uh, Nozbe allows me to uh, add dates and deadlines to all my tasks. So during my review, I can easily see which items require my most attention. Um, although Nozbe has the ability to schedule as well, uh, I like to use my iCloud calendar on my Mac to schedule my weekly tasks. Uh, this allows me to uh, see all my tasks on my calendar color-coded by categories. So my meetings are red and my telephone calls are purple and my, uh, my project tasks are gray and my administration is light blue and my personal is green. So I can look at my calendar. I could see each of the tasks that need to be done um, uh, just by looking at the, at the colors. It's very, very convenient to do that. Um, in the, uh, I may actually, uh, if you go back to episode, uh, I think it's 53 with, uh, with Dan Hart, he talks about using a calendar and colors, uh, by role, which, so I may actually try that. I may re rework my calendar to change my colors from tasks to roles so I can look at it and I can see where my roles are although most of my tasks are role oriented so it sort of does the same thing um, but it's very interesting to uh, to hear what Dan has to say about that in episode 50, 50 53 53 I think it was so you can go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 53 and you can get a link to to that so number five step number five in my seven steps to a successful work week. Uh, step five is schedule project tasks. So I'm coming up on the last two here. 
Um, step six after I schedule them, I, I review my email. So now I go back to my email. So here's what I've done so far on my Monday. My Monday, um, my step one is to, um, is to have no meetings. So that's pretty easy. Just make that a policy and don't do that. Step two is to take 10 minutes of quiet. So you got to quiet down and, and transition. Step three is scan your email real quick. Just go through it real easy. Step five is schedule project tasks. And step six is to review your, oh, so wait a minute. I'm sorry. Step, I skipped one. Step four is to perform your weekly review. Step five is to schedule project tasks. And now step six is uh, review your, your weekend email. So I did all those things before I get to my email. So if, if you get, if you start your week, your Monday, you start your Monday off with checking your email, you will sit for two hours before you do anything, checking your email to go through all that stuff. Um, it's just not worth it. So now that I've done all of my tasks, I've now direct my attention back to my email and I review and handle each message in one of three ways. I either delete the message, which accounts for probably 90%, 95% of all the messages I receive, uh, even with my spam filters fully activated, I'm still receiving hundreds of junk. Um, and so I spent, that's why I spend so much time because you got to go through all those emails to get to the, the little bits of important emails. Maybe five or 10 important emails came over the weekend, even if, if that, you know, maybe that. So I respond to the email. Uh, so one of the three things, one of the three things is either delete it or I respond to the email immediately or I tag it for my attention later. And, and any email that's tagged for later is listed on my Nosby and added to my calendar. So it becomes a task that I have to deal with later. Um, if it's quick, I can respond to it quickly and it's gone, done and, and done. Um, and I try to keep my inbox clear of messages and I formally review my email three times a day. So I try to keep inbox zero. You may have heard that term, inbox zero. It's really difficult to do. It is currently not at inbox zero. Um, but it's pretty close. And, uh, I also try to stay disciplined to checking my email three times a day and not throughout the day. And that's really difficult to do because when I have my iPhone in hand all the time, um, I do scan for urgent messages throughout the day and I'm kind of looking at my email, uh, throughout the day. But my, 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 discipline is to three times a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once before I head home, um, that's it. And then if an email comes during the evening, it's not checked or responded to until the next, next day. Um, but my, my top priority is always client satisfaction and the client promptly addressed in a time of crisis or concern is a client who will refer us to their friends when the project is complete. So, uh, there's this balancing act that you do, but I think when you, if you can respond, if you can check your email three times a day, I think that's certainly prompt enough. I don't think you have to promptly uh, respond within seconds. Also, if you do wait, I find that many of those little problems that are thrown your way resolve themselves. If you wait, either the client will take care of it or the, or the contractor will take care of it. And then you could respond and you say, okay, what do you need me to do? And they say, oh, we took care of it. Don't worry about it. And so very often the things that take up your time may go away because you didn't respond to it very quickly. Um, so uh, this, you know, checking my email, like I said, could take hours. 
So that needs to be scheduled. It needs to be on my calendar because it's a task and you need to schedule realistic, realistic times for your tasks. So um, that needs to go on there on Monday. Those hours need to be put on there for checking your email, um, which you know is the reason for my goal of delegation and my plans for an assistant in 2015. Uh, so I have more time to do the things that I should be doing and not be checking a bunch of spam. So step six is review the weekend email. Don't spend your whole day on Monday looking through email. Uh, do the other things that are important first, then hit your email, and then uh, and then get to step seven. And step seven on my Monday uh, is review financial reports and manage payables. So every every Monday, um, I review the payables received from the week before. Uh, which are the invoices from my vendors or utilities or service providers. And I, and I add each one of those to my uh, QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks Pro. Uh, I am considering switching to uh, cloud-based alternatives. I haven't done that yet. I'm still with QuickBooks Pro for Mac. I'm all Mac here. Um, and, uh, and so I do that. I prepare uh, payments once per month to my vendors, but keeping my software updated uh, with pending payables, I can always see my current financial status of the firm. And so that's really important to be able to see uh, how the firm is is, uh, is doing financially whenever uh, I need to. And before I shut down the, my QuickBooks, um, I review my financial statements. So I have a clear understanding of, of our fiscal health uh, so, that, so I understand where the firm is financially. And knowing where we stand allows me to adjust as required and keeps my stress level down. You know, knowing that uh, where we are, I find that 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 when I don't know where I stand financially, I worry. Uh, even if we have plenty of money, I not knowing where it is, I worry, uh, and that puts added stress on me and makes me unhealthy. And so, reviewing my financial reports at the beginning of each week starts my week off strong, and and uh, and keeps me focused and keeps the stress away. So that's step seven: review financial reports and manage payables. So step one: let's review them step by step. Step one is no more uh, Monday meetings, and remember to sharpen your saw on that day so you can have a nice productive week. Uh, step two is take ten minutes of quiet. Just sit and be quiet. Don't do anything except sit and be quiet. Step three is scan your email. Don't check it all. Just scan it real quick for crises. Make sure that you get that done and get that out of your system. And step four is perform a weekly review. So you go through all of your projects uh, step by step. Make sure that you uh, list all your tasks and you know what you need to do for each project. Then step five is schedule those tasks Get those on your calendar and your nose be so that so you uh, so you know uh, what needs to be done and you have your whole week scheduled. Step six is review your email so you can finally get to your email. Go through your email. Make sure you schedule that time on your Mondays to have to schedule your uh, to to check your email and so you have the time scheduled to do that. Uh, and you also that's also sort of a psychological thing so you know that that you have time to do that so you're not so pressured to check it. Uh, first thing in the morning. Step seven is review financial reports and manage payables. So get all your payables into your QuickBooks. Uh, 
check your financial reports so you can know where you stand for the week and you can get get rolling so that's that's my typical monday and obviously you know i'm a human being and and i'm an architect so not every monday runs as smoothly as as i make it sound here you know this this is this is my this is my goal and i typically do it but you know occasionally i get meetings on mondays and occasionally i'll check my email first thing but um the truth is you need to have uh, a system that's the important thing is you have to have a system some sort of routine that starts your week off strong uh sort of gets your mind where it needs to be uh, and and i find that when i establish uh this sort of structure uh, the unexpected things sort of find their place you know when you have some sort of routine and system in place the unexpected things find their place and the important things get done i have a better week and with a properly structured week and organized and manage my my mondays every monday i can put my firm in a position to, to succeed and my myself in a position for a happier life with more money and less stress and you know so it's really important monday is a really really important day uh, to get the rest of your week right and so by checking these seven steps you could really have uh, a great week So I have some homework for you. I, I started homework last week, and I'm going to continue it this week. Maybe this will become a regular thing here at the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. So this week's homework, this next Monday, try step two. Even if you don't try all the other six steps, try step two. Take the first 10 minutes of your, your Monday morning and sit down and be quiet. Don't check your email. Don't answer staff questions. Don't do anything. Just sit quietly for 10 minutes before you start your day this next Monday. That's your homework. And let me warn you, it is much harder than you think. Just sit there. 10 minutes seems like eternity when you're sitting there knowing that you have things to do. But it is very, very, very effective. You may even want to try it every day. But that's not your homework. Your homework this week is just this one Monday just sit quietly for 10 minutes before you start your day step two check that out and see if you can do it and i have a question of the week i also started this last time i've always kind of asked you questions but now i'm going to make it a formal question of the week how do you spend your monday do you have a specific routine each week do you you uh do you do the same thing or you just kind of show up and and kind of dodge the bullets please go to the show notes and share your thoughts at entrearchitect.com slash episode 57 how do you spend your mondays if you like this episode please go to itunes and leave me a review please 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 do this this is how you may help me spread the word about entrepreneur architect and our mission to become an influential force in the profession Go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes or in iTunes, just search for Entrepreneur Architect. You will find me. I know you will. Go do it, please. And just a reminder about Entrepreneur Architect Foundations, business forms and checklists for small firm architects at entrearchitect.com slash foundations with an S, entrearchitect.com slash foundations. So that's a wrap for today's show, show notes, and a direct link to the download of this episode can be found at 
entrearchitect.com slash episode 57. Until next week, my name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything i'm I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical season one featured founders jeffrey lexi and chris owners of level studio architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio one evening stumbled into one last dive we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. 
gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.